0: Thank you for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. Today's show is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Visit preparewithk2d4.com today and save 20% on a four-week emergency food supply. Delicious meals that provide a 2,000 calorie a day and with a 20% savings, you can't pass this up. Again, that is preparewithk2d4.com and your purchase helps support the broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Talk is Cheap... We're going to take a look at the Boyani UFO. This was in Papua New Guinea 1959. Yeah, these beings on this UFO this didn't land. They came out and actually waved to other occupants us I guess I should say on the earth. Very interesting story. Let's cover this next on Talk is Cheap. Welcome to Talk is Cheap, where cheap is talk and talk is cheap. This is episode 161, ladies and gentlemen. And to my left is Pete Hulblide. How's it going, planet Earth and beyond? Beyond the Matrix. Right? That's right. Hey,
1: underground base on Mars, sending love your way. Hang in there, man. It's beautiful back on Earth, but I know you're doing good
0: work. The Boyani UFO. Have you ever heard of this, Pete?
1: I have not. This is the first time, but I know that Papua New Guinea is ripe with really cool out-of-this-world experiences. So I am excited to talk about what the heck you dug up for us, Dano. Uh,
0: so in June 1959, there was this uh, UFO incident, and uh, a lot of this was documented by Father Gill. So in a nutshell... As I said in the intro, there's this UFO, Papua New Guinea. Um, they come out of this craft, and they see them up there looking at them, and then they, they wave at them in the UFO, and they actually wave back at them. Now, again, they're outside of the craft on top of it. So let's get a little bit of a background, and we can come back to that point. Hmm. So on April 5th, 1959, at the Angelican Mission Village in Boyani, Papua New Guinea. New Guinea, yes. Anglican Church had sent Father William Booth Gill to lead the mission. He's seen a light on the uninhabited Mount Pudi. So, this is a mountain <laughs> there. Uh, he sees a light up there, you know, no um, different from any other UFO case. So, the light moved faster than anything he had ever seen. A month or so later, his assistant, Stefan Moy, saw an inverted, saucer shaped object in the sky above the mission. Gill dismissed these sightings as some sort of electrical or atmosphere phenomenon. On June twenty-six at 6.45 p.m., Father Gill again saw a bright white light to his northwest. 38 individuals had witnesses who saw a disc-shaped UFO the size of five full moons strung together. By full moons, one, two, three, four, five, strung together. Pretty oh, interesting.
1: You hear that? Big. You hear that uh, a lot in uh, encounters, right? Lights and in a line and stuff. Uh, in in sightings, that's interesting.
0: The UFO had four legs, like landing gear, but was high in the sky. So again, it didn't land, but the landing gear was out. Interesting. Four beings similar to humans emerged from the object. They appeared to be working on something on their ship. The beings would go inside the object and then soon return as the fetching tools. Working out there, you see them go in, down, come mm, out. Come back out, yeah. What the
1: heck are they it's doing? Like what they're out.
0: doing. Yeah, right? This craft was visible for 45 minutes, rose up to the sky and disappeared at 7.30 p.m. 45 minutes later, many witnesses remained, still pondering the sight they had seen. Soon, several objects smaller than the previous UFO appeared in the sky. About twenty minutes afterward, the first UFO was back in view. The sightings of the larger UFO would last four hours, as witnesses would come and go. Four hours. Four. Four Dude, hours. That is a
1: long, long sighting.
0: That gives you plenty of time to sit and draw it, listen to it, kind of study it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's
1: that's so interesting, Dan. Is that some of these UFO encounters are not just a fleeting glimpse of? you know, of something flashing. I mean, it's four hours. A- after, you know, the first few minutes, you're pretty, uh, it's pretty unmistakable <laughs> what the heck you're looking at, right?
0: Uh, 25 witnesses signed their testimony to the sighting. A heavy cloud cover ended the event at 10.50 p.m. So again, sighting started around
1: 6.45, right? And then 10.50, yeah, four 6 hours 45, and
0: five minutes? 10.50. All right, the next night, the giant disc-shaped UFO returned at 6 p.m. Two of the smaller objects flanked it. Father Gill and many witnesses from the night before watched the unbelievable sight. Now, this is a quote. On a larger one, two of the figures seemed to be doing something near the center of the deck, said Father Gill. They were occasionally bending over and raising their arms as though adjusting or setting something up. One figure seemed to be standing, looking down at us. Gil then waved at one of the creatures, and to our surprise, the figure did the same. Waved back. Very interesting.
1: Why Why, why are they going to this spot to work on their... <laughs> you know, they worked on it one night, and they said, hey, we got to go back to this this mission uh, and, and work on it some more. You know, I, that that's kind of unusual that that they would do that, unless they were setting up some sort of, uh, you know surveilling equipment or otherwise experimenting on the uh, on the folks
0: excuse me Gil went inside to eat but when he came back the craft was still there only further away
1: (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute you're seeing a ufo up in the sky people walking around you're like you know what i could really go for a ham sandwich right now you know let's go inside and eat I suppose, you know, after the first six hours or four hours or whatever, you're like, oh, whatever. Right, you know, yeah. It's, 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 it's was, like, well, what are you going to do? You're it getting hungry. You yeah. got to get something to eat. Yeah,
0: big deal. It was here yesterday. Right? Uh, uh, again, folks, this is back in 1959, so you can't go photograph it do all this other sh- shit that we'd want to do. But you've got a a, a
1: a person of the cloth coming out and saying this. Yes. You know?
0: So that's interesting. After a church service at 745, Gil again came outside to look for the craft, but clouds had appeared, and there was no sight of the object. The very next evening, the Shining craft would make one more appearance. Gil encountered eight of them at 6.45. At 11.20, Gil had heard a loud bang on the roof of the mission. Going outside, he'd seen four UFOs in a circle around the building. These four craft were extremely high in the sky. The roof was checked for damage the next morning, but there was none found. No
1: damage found. I wonder if they hit it with some sort of sonic, uh, you know, uh, sonar thing to, or something like that. I don't
0: know, man. I've never heard of that before. Well, I guess if you think of the movie, like, sightings, was it? Those were they were the aliens walking on the roof though.
1: Oh yeah, that with uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty good movie actually. It was
0: all right, but it was the evil alien thing again, but
1: Yeah, they were coming to take over, but uh, you know, we could just defeat him with water. So good, uh-huh. good thing it didn't rain, right?
0: <laughs> <coughs> so veteran UFO expert, who I've kinda of talked about Dr. J. Allen Hynek. This is if you guys watched yeah. that doctor uh he was kinda of the charge of the the blue book thing. He, yeah, Hynek. Interesting when he started that he thoroughly investigated the Papua event and concluded that there were genuine. No alternate explanation had been offered or to explain what had happened, except perhaps to say that UFOs and alien beings visited Papua in 1959. Well, that's kind of what I have. Interesting story.
1: Interesting story, and... Besides some sketches and, you know, a couple other, you know, artist renderings, there there is no, like, photographic evidence available, no videos. I mean, it was 1959. It's not like everybody had a cell phone, I believe right?
0: this is a sketch here from Father.
1: Used on the cover of his original
0: r- something report, I can't... Uh, yeah, I suppose it would be his documentation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, you know, I'm sure he reported it to his officials and stuff, too. I Dan, I don't know what to think about this because you don't hear a ton of, uh, you know, UFO stories where they where they're standing on the roof working on stuff with landing gear down. But um, uh, Papua New Guinea is is ripe with its with its unusual encounters, flying, actually- flying dragons. Uh, supposedly, there's a dinosaur Murray living in, in the lake down there. Um, if you think about it, though. I'm not going to say it's a, a third world country. I'm not going to say it's untouched, but it's it's fairly remote. Um, you know, in 1959, it was is fairly uh, untouched if you don't consider World War II happening at it. You know, 15 years earlier, but um, but you know, is a, a vi- New Guinea in, in and of itself is just like I said. Again, it is just flush with. Crazy stories of cryptids, encounters, flying dragons, weird lights in the sky. So uh, for whatever reason, maybe there's, um, you know, something, you know, I'd, I'd have to look at the ley lines or maybe there's some sort of, uh, you know, interest that UFOs, aliens would have with with that region. But it's uh, it. There is no shortage of, of really unique and cool stories to, to hear out in New Guinea.
0: There's actually a diagram we'll look at. But, but first, we, let's take a quick break. Oh, that's First, right. Sponsor the what show. do you
1: got? We got to survive
0: the apocalypse, Dan. We what do you have got to for survive the apocalypse. It's upon us, folks. Prepare with K2D4.com, ladies and gentlemen. My Patriot Supply, they have done us well. They're helping support the show. We like to have sponsors that we can use, something that you guys can use. It's important to have good stuff here. Food is the number one thing that you need in life, and you need it when chaos happens. You're going to want some storable food. We yes. got a four-week emergency supply 2,000 calories per day, 284 servings. Again, they have a special here. Save 20% today, free shipping. You can't go wrong.
1: No, and I'll tell you what, Dan has tried every single item they offer on that uh, four-week supply, and it passes his... Uh, you got to
0: try something else.
1: I, You know, I will. I'll go pull some out. I, I had gotten some as well, but I put it directly into my uh freedom cabinet also known as my gun cabinet um uh to store for later but you know what i could probably fish something out of there and 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 be all right i think i'm actually gonna
0: make some more of this pudding tonight you like the pudding do you what's your favorite it's it's an open bag so i gotta finish it up but it's oh sure that tastes really good yeah Yeah. this is what's my favorite that's a very good question
1: well if you if you had to you know pick your last meal out of this what would it be not the mac and cheese i know that you said that no, was, like, okay. I would
0: say that it is between the creamy Alfredo pasta and the creamy stroganoff. Oh, so you like those were like?
1: There. I could see that. that those, those are pushing almost
0: good. gourmet taste that was really? not that good. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. Again, folks, even though it's powdered milk, I was surprised at the taste. I was like, this is going to have a little off taste. No, yeah, you'd it think tasted it exactly like milk. I was very, very impressed with it. Well, they
1: took the water out of it, right? You added it back in. Um, I We had the cheesy broccoli soup, uh, you know, uh, on the show one night. I, I thought that was good. I mean it was as expected, uh, but I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, claim that's like five star restaurant and anything like that, but it was good.
0: For I sure. And twenty five years shelf life, you can't go wrong. Again, oh, twenty five years. Prepare with k2d4.com. It helps the show and you're getting something good out of it. All right, so let's take a back a look at this. Now this was a drawing here that they did to kind of break this thing down, a rough sketch of the UFO.
1: It looks like it descended from about three thousand feet to three hundred feet according to his sketch, and in that time uh, it traveled about a mile and a half in three minutes. So it was a, a slow descent from uh, 3,000 feet. It looks apparently above the cloud cover, cover uh, according to his sketch, and then drops to 300 feet, which is not that that far off the ground. That's pretty close to the ground. There's a letter in there if you'd like to look at Oh, here's some Ooh, other sketches we
0: as well. Actually, I believe this one was kind of the—this this really was the official— uh, oh, they the saw a
1: shaft of blue light. That that wasn't mentioned oh, yeah, yet.
0: That's right, yep. Shaft of blue light clearly seen in this order at 7 point. Hard to read.
1: Oh, and then there's different uh, sketches from different people. All uh, showing uh, landing gear, legs, or whatever.
0: Remember when I talked about um, uh, the, the show I did last time? Oh,
1: well, you, that was a
0: UFO. Travis uh, Walton.
1: Yes, yes, the he fire had the blue in the light. sky.
0: He had the blue light come was out it of the Was it blue crack? or green? It was, it was
1: blue. Blue, which was a tractor beam of sorts, right? It lifted him up and sucked him into the... I
0: remember, he got shot with it first. It's like, bam. You Seen that that flash? Yeah, that,
1: that's right. And then he was limp when it actually picked him up and took him in. So maybe right? this is
0: something like that, you know?
1: Uh, You know, pointing the other way, though, right? It looks like it's yeah. coming out of the top.
0: Going it's probably th- directional. It can go up or bottom. I don't yeah. know. It's a theory. Uh-huh. That's all we got Dan right now.
1: I mean there's actually there's quite a bit of sketching and stuff on this. I mean I know that there's no no video but I mean somebody put some serious time to really document this. God and what's tough too is that this thing kept coming back every couple days.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting cuz why would it do that? Like you said there's there's got to be something going on there. Is there an underground base there? Are they yeah, is there a cave or, there, or, or underwater base, right? Are they mining some minerals in the area? There's so many questions <clears throat> now, that could now, be... Now, Papua
1: New Guinea is, is pretty mountainous, right? So it's probably on a, some sort of old volcanic range or something. Um, you know, quite possibly there is underground underwater caverns there that they're accessing. I mean, I think that if we're going to assume that this, space, uh, this ship can go into space and do all sorts of stuff, it can go underwater easily. And Dan, that's been kind of the... Th- you know, one of the things too is like you know, people uh, are saying, "Where do these UFOs go?" Well, we we feel, or a lot of people feel, that you know, they're utilizing the ocean, uh, and and underwater, we just don't have the maneuverability or knowledge or mapping of of the ocean floor that we that that we need. Um, it would make total sense, right, to go underwater if we can't get to it. A submarine, how fast does a submarine go? Right, you right. can easily escape one of those with a an ion. You know, bubble around you that reduces friction and etc. etc.
0: So this is Father William Gill here. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. If this gets flagged, you won't be hearing me talk right now. <laughs> so um, we'll play a little bit of it here. This is how how he kind of describes it.
2: Hovering, uh, not very far high up, maybe two or three hundred feet uh, up in the air, and glowing, and two. Uh, bipods jutting out from behind it from uh, underneath it and sparkling all around and some figures up there this solid looking object and figures walking about on top and not the slightest noise whatsoever and so we waved wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get this object down onto the playing field and as we waved wondering whether we'd get some recognition and whether perhaps they would uh, understand what we wanted they waved back nice. so i asked a boy to go quickly down bring me torch bring me pencil bring me paper and uh, return as quickly as he can so that i can get if, or any other events that occur minute by minute movements um, so that at least we'd be able to uh to talk
0: about it the next day. to start drawing it. Yeah,
1: interesting. Oh, yes. You know, I this guy is not a charlatan. He's not asking for money. No. I mean, he's just accounting.
0: That was what's really interesting about this case is he was pretty authentic and again, 1959. This was yeah. like like a little after Roswell, I guess, but uh before, like people before the whole uh, UFO community got nuts, trying to make a profit, how it is today? Yeah,
1: yeah, you're you're right. That's a yeah. really good point. There was not money in this. People would dismiss this out of hand as as hogwash. And so, you know, the, the, uh, this guy had to have been worried about his his quote unquote job as a missionary, right? I mean, if he's c- coming back and reporting this stuff, yeah, just again, multiple witnesses. Dan, apparently. Uh, there was something in the water that kept making people hal- hallucinate the exact same thing day after day yeah. after day. Right?
0: Hallucin- yeah, it's the LSD in the water. Yeah, that. Uh, oh. And
1: apparently, everybody just hallucinated the same thing. There was nobody saying, "Hey, what about the purple uh, elephant over here?" You know, yeah. it was all it was all up in the in the sky.
0: Well, that's kind of what I have for you today, folks. I mean, like I said, there's not much stuff we can go on. Uh, this is just a case I wanted to talk about today. It is what it is. I thought it, it was very interesting. I did find this in that uh, the new, uh, I believe it was a documentary called "The Phenomena." Lots of good stuff in that uh, video. Found this father talking about it. I was like, "Holy shit!" I want to do some more research on that because it was a it was a small segment in that video. And that's all there was there to it. So check it out.
1: Dan, you look at all of these accounts and they just stack up and stack up and stack up. And you get people that aren't in it for the money. You get people that have a lot to lose that talk about this. How at this point can you sit here and say that this is complete completely made up there's something here going on whether it's government whether it's maybe it is an atmospheric <laughs> phenomena that shows a uh, hovering uh you know disc with people waiting. <laughs> i don't know I, maybe th- that is i'm I not a meteorologist it, but um boy oh boy dan every every time we meet every time we talk about this it just adds more into that bucket that says there's something out there all right there's something to this dan
0: all right that's gonna do it for us today folks if you have a voicemail use that up. One two five six five ten fifty two thirty four. One two five six five ten fifty two thirty four. One two five six five ten one 1-256-510-K2D4. Just call in. Uh, we haven't had any voicemails this last segment, oh, so come I'd love on, to hear folks. some more.
1: Yeah, tell, tell Dan how handsome he is or yell at me about how
0: <laughs> I, I piss you off when my comments <laughs> and stuff. All right.
1: I'm the bad guy, but uh, anyway, yeah, we'd love to hear, with, hear from you, man.
0: We'll see you guys later.